0: Hey, I'm Danny Stover, and this is Today in T.O., a podcast that takes a look at the biggest stories in the city and connects the dots on what is going on. And there are a lot of dots. On today's episode, as long as there are absolutely no follow-up questions, Mark Saunders wants to be Toronto's next mayor. What's in his plan to make the city safer? Words. Where is there room for improvement? Next question. Also, Olivia Chow has entered the chat, and that brings us to 48 mayoral candidates so far. What's behind her City of Hope campaign, and can she deliver? Plus, when it comes to addressing the issues surrounding poverty and homelessness, as well as Ontario's labor gap in the skilled trades and lofty housing goals over the next 10 years, Blue Door is doing all of the things. And it's a really amazing example of solution-based, people-first programming. You'll find out how it all works coming up on Today in TO. when you ask a question, right? A question is by definition a sentence worded to elicit information. And so by definition, an answer would be a reaction to a question, statement, or situation. And I guess you'd expect that answer to reveal something. And I don't mean to oversimplify this age-old form of communication, but my gourd, I don't know why this is so hard for some folks to understand, because love him or hate him, former police chief Mark Saunders, who's running to be Toronto's next mayor, might as well play for the Raptors, the way he can deke and move around offenders. And when it's time for him to step up to the free throw line and give us some real tactics or details, anything, he misses the basket twice. Here's Saunders' response to being asked, what do you have to play catch up on? And this is an easy job interview style question. What is one area where you could improve? And here's what we got.
1: Wow. Um, Ask me another question.
0: Now, in his defense, Saunders did say, let him think on it. And he's got a lot of people giving him a lot of information on a lot of different streams. But that's what the job of being mayor of Toronto is. A lot of different streams of information. And look, I don't want to pick on the man too much. He does answer his own questions.
1: My platform is crime and disorder. The key difference right now is the disorder is normalized. Everything has been normalized. It wasn't normalized back then, but it is now. I go to meetings downtown. I'm stepping around people. People are on the ground everywhere. The carjackings everywhere. If you felt safer now than you did when I was chief, the answer to that is no. Nobody feels safer right now. It's a thermostat that's gone up incredibly uh, over the past couple of years.
0: Mark Saunders was Toronto's chief of police from 2015 to 2020, and he's been running on the fact that the city is broken, people are scared, and we need to fix the revolving door bail system. I'm just not hearing an answer that really explains how he'll do this. Nothing is moving the needle for me. And speaking of needles.
1: People are concerned about their safety. Little girls are picking up syringes in their backyards. That has been overlooked.
0: Oh, my God, that is being overlooked. Who are these little girls? Okay, so right out of the gate, Saunders leaned heavy on the public safety in the TTC piece. At the top of his list of priorities, increase the number of special constables to at least 200 to start and get them out of their cars and into stations, making them visible, riding subways on platforms and in the stations that need them the most. His plan also includes enhancing mental health training for TTC special constables, providing additional equipment, including body-worn cameras, preventing loitering on TTC property, and introducing new assist buttons. But I, I don't understand. Why would you say this?
1: I've said time and time again, you cannot arrest your way out of this thing. And it's because most of the issues now have social issues or a failure of so many other agencies. When it gets dropped in front of a police officer, it's because so many entities have failed that individual and we're seeing that more and more again
0: which tells me you do understand the complexity of the problem. You just don't have a clue how to actually address the root causes of crime. And to me, these priorities further punish folks experiencing poverty and homelessness. And the TTC doesn't have money. The city doesn't have money to pay for body cams for special constables. That's a no from me. Now, one of Mark Saunders' more recent campaign plans is bail reform. This is something already being discussed at a provincial and federal level. Folks love to say it's a revolving door catch and release system. And I'm not going to lie, my eyes start to glaze over every time I hear it.
1: Basic responsibility to government is to ensure that people are safe. In the city of Toronto, definitely the largest city in the country, we have a voice. That voice is loud and clear saying bail reform has to be done and it has to be done now. So making sure that the right story is being told and I can have the stats that will indicate it is something that absolutely should be looked at, should be at the top of the table, should be discussed and should be actioned.
0: What do we want? Bail reform. When do we want it? Um, next time when I have my numbers in front of me. I know I'm being bratty, but Toronto goes to the polls on June 26th. This is a low threshold, quickie by election. There are nearly 50 people running. There's no time for wishy washy non answers. So in my search for the how, I went to Saunders website where his plan to fix the quote, catch and release bail system is to Immediately meet with the prime minister to call for urgent reform to the bail system and criminal code, something that is already being done. He wants to push for the creation of a reverse onus at bail hearings for violent and repeat offenders, including those with firearm charges.
1: Because when you talk about reverse onus, you have to prove why the person should stay. And when it comes to serious repeat offenders and violent offenders, should be the other way around. That person should be able to prove why they could be put back out into community. What are the community roots that that person has? What is their prior criminal record behind all of this thing? The bottom line, the judicial system should have a responsibility for community safety. So I'm saying it should be going to a judge, superior court, rather than a justice of the peace.
0: And he wants to ensure that bail hearings for the most serious firearm offenses are heard by a judge of the superior court rather than the lower provincial court level.
1: If we had judges trained to understand the impact that these type of offenders have in communities when it comes to loss of life, when it comes to fear and intimidation, especially when you're dealing with street gangs, judges need to understand That one person represents a team of people that is criminal mind thinking just like that person. It has huge impact when you release that message that that person can go back to that team and do the exact same thing that they're in front of a judge for.
0: That is actually a pretty great analogy for this mayoral race. Let's move on. Because Olivia Chow is here too. Chow was a former city councilor. She was a new Democrat MP for Trinity Spadina. At her launch event, Chow talked about her family emigrating from Hong Kong in the 1970s and said that at that time, Toronto was a city of hope, where her mother was able to support the family with her single income from working as a maid in a hotel. Here's what made Olivia Chow decide to finally run.
2: Watching moms waiting for affordable housing, watching seniors waiting. I have a friend, Ying, that's been waiting for more than 10 years. Watching people stuck in traffic, watching people have to keep dialing in order to get the parks and rec program they want. And 911, for heaven's sake, waiting for more than six minutes sometimes. That's not acceptable. I can't stand by. I feel that I have the experience After passion, I know how to work across the aisle with people of different political stripe. I know how to bring people together. I know how to get things done.
0: It'll be interesting to see what she gets rolling on now that the worst-kept secret regarding this race is out of the bag. Safety and affordability are big priorities for her, and
2: she might have what it takes to get the job done. We are a proud city. We don't want to go through the annual ritual, humiliating ourselves, begging for crumbs from other levels of government. We surely can do better. I've gotten things done in the federal government, in the House of Commons, and I will fight hard for the city with the people of Toronto to get our fair share, to get a new deal that can grow with the economy. If we don't do that, we are in trouble. But she's still not much better
0: at answering questions. Questions are tough. When asked, will you raise
2: taxes, Olivia Chow responded with this and then posed her own. I've been on the budget committee for 10 years. What is a budget? A budget is about our priorities, what the city needs. I know how to do a balanced budget. Right now, we have a bit of a budget hole of $1.5 billion. We can do better than that. I know because I've been in the budget committee working across the aisle, Getting things done. Yes. For those who don't
0: know, what is a budget? All right. Time to move on before someone else throws their name into the race to be Toronto's next mayor. And on the other side of this, I promise I will answer a few big questions.
2: This is
0: a perfect example of how the statements, people are living in poverty. There are young folks experiencing or on the brink of homelessness. They're disenfranchised. They need meaningful work that pays a living wage. Folks face barriers to accessing meaningful work and the skilled trades industry. There's a huge labor gap. It's estimated that about 13% of the construction workforce will retire by 2027. We have a lack of housing in Ontario and lofty goals to build 1.5 million homes over the next decade. The question? Well, how do you plan on addressing all of this? The answer lies in Blue Door's construct program. Blue Door is a construction company and a charity based in York Region. They've introduced this eight-week program, and it's addressing a few different issues all at once. At its core, it's helping young people experiencing marginalization and homelessness find meaningful work through on-the-job experience. Students learn in woodworking, carpentry, and painting. But the program also teaches trainees life skills like accountability punctuality and work etiquette. And while it's doing that, it's also responding to Ontario's labor gap in the skilled trades and lack of housing. Michael Braithwaite is the CEO of Blue Door, and here's how the program started.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the program was was partially built on failure, right? I'm uh, I'm 50 years old now. I've been in social services for 30 years. Um, and we would do these employment programs with the best intentions for young people, people at risk, newcomers, uh, et cetera. And we put them in jobs where the hours may not fit, like, you know, to help with their families, et cetera, to get through. They, it wouldn't pull them out of poverty, the wage. Uh, and it wasn't a real fulfilling job. So so they'd lose hope. Um, and so this program, the construct program that Pluto runs, it really ticks all, the, all those boxes right away. It's... Uh, A wage that lifts you out of poverty prevents homelessness Uh, is meaningful work. I mean, how many of us could point at something and say, hey, I was part of that uh, and it lifts you out of that. And guess what? You know, we need three million homes by 2030. The federal government says one hundred fifty thousand homes built in Ontario a year. And we need the workforce to do that. This is a program that's going to get people into the skilled trades, lift them out of poverty is win, win, win.
0: Blue Door works with a lot of community programs, charities, schools, training centers, and unions to recruit people who may be struggling, who are being supported with housing and health needs, and even those who have dropped out of school for whatever reason and still want to have opportunities for a future. And aside from the training, the program delivers vital services such as mental health resources, transportation, child care, and food support. People
3: come into this program, some of Never even picked up a hammer before. You know, I have to say too, it's a paid program, which means that you know you can actually uh, afford to live while you're in the training program for eight weeks before you go into a trade union. But yeah, they come through it. Their confidence gets built up. They get certifications, and there's two parts to it, right? yeah, you're learning the trades and you're learning those pieces at the and our team. But there's also the social service end of things. We're wrapping supports around mental health challenges. Can we support you with housing? Can we help you find and pay for child care? Uh, what are, the, are you connecting with your doctor? Putting all those pieces in place so you'll be successful. So they come out of it, uh, just bring you with confidence and the jobs are there. So it's not what happens next. It's look at all these opportunities. So what a great thing to have.
0: I know what you're wondering. Where does the money come from?
3: Another cool thing about the program, we have federal support, provincial support, the Home Depot Foundation Canada. So we have private support. And it's really a good mix. So we can afford to do all those things. Can't get there. We'll make it happen. And We have the dollars to make that happen.
0: And you know what? It's working.
3: 80% of the people that go through end up in the skilled trades. We put 200 people through in two years. The, the program has now uh, grown to Durham. And Peel and Peel, we work with Humber College there uh, to do that. But we really do see that this is a solutions-based program that is scalable across the country, right? This is a this is a way out of homelessness. This is a way to build the income people need to afford housing. It has meaning desperately for the next twenty years. We're going to need tradespeople, so the need is there and, and the opportunity is there. And, and here's the other great thing too that we don't talk about for Blue Door. So, we're a construction company. So, if you said do a renovation, we come and do the, reno- the experts of the renovation. What you don't pay for are those six to eight people earning on the job. So, quality work, uh, fair price. So, we're actually bringing dollars into the charitable sector that can then pay for new housing, affordable housing, and all those different services that we need to wrap around, not on the backs of government. So it really is something that we would love to scale and we're looking at working with partners across the country to scale.
0: We love a solutions-based program that addresses the what and the how and that helps provide solutions to many different problems.
3: We have a, a two people that went through that are a couple and they have a young child. And so first this individual, Matt, he told me his wife went through the program and said this was incredible. They got child care support. They got help with their housing um, she landed a job right away. So then Matt signed up and he said that he was so tired of, you know, these minimum wage jobs and not losing hope that they were going to move forward with their daughter. So we've had this little family go through this. Now they're both working in the trades and, you know, just, you know, it's so nice to see that this family now has hope for a brighter future.
0: That was Michael Braithwaite. He is the CEO of Blue Door. And for more info on the Construct program, you can visit bluedoor.ca or constructgta.ca. I really do believe programs like this one are the future. But sometimes we do have to go back to the past. And speaking of trades, I guess, back in 1798, John Sullivan, who was a tailor by trade, ended up on the wrong side of the law, and made history. Here's Glenn Bregonier with more.
4: Well, not only did John Sullivan end up at the wrong end of the law, but he was also the first person executed at the King Street Jail, and that's spelt in the Old English G-A-O-L. That's the first jail built in what would eventually become Toronto. It also predated not only the city of Toronto, but also the township of York, which was founded in 1793. But back to John Sullivan, see in 1798, there were about 120 different crimes that would be seen as punishable by death in York, including the crime that John Sullivan committed, which was forging a banknote for three shillings and nine pence, which comes to just under a dollar. Now, the prison was constructed out of logs and was only able to fit a handful of prisoners. And since it was such a small prison, which had never carried out an execution before Sullivan, there were no trained executioners on hand. So when it came to the actual hanging of John Sullivan, a fellow prisoner was eventually convinced to carry out the job for $100 plus an early release date. But there was a catch. He had to do it twice apparently because the first time he released the trap door, the rope snapped and sent Sullivan tumbling through the air. Not to be deterred, the guards got Sullivan back up, dusted him off, set him up for another go. In which the rope held after which the prison quickly fell into disrepair and started to rot to the point that the sheriff didn't even feel safe when prisoners were in the building so it was torn down and replaced with a brick prison on Court Street just north of the original jailhouse fast forward to today both prisons are long gone and as is the time when one can be executed for quite literally anything today The King Edward Hotel proudly stands where the old prison used to be at the corner of King and Toronto Streets, as does a plaque commemorating the King Street Jail.
0: Maybe all jails should be turned into fancy hotels. Just a thought. I hope today's pod answered some questions for you. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. My name's Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergonier, and David Spargala. Amanda Capito, Jason Chapman, and Chris Dunner are advisors to the show. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Till then, stay safe and sexy. Bye.